The Holy Gospel according to Matthew in the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I chose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. It was about four or five weeks ago, I returned from a very brief vacation, and something kind of clicked in my head. And I realized I'm getting married very shortly. Um, I did know that before, but something about it felt very real at that point. And now we're at the three-week point, so remember, you all are invited. I then thought, I'm getting married shortly. I need to paint the entire interior of my home. <laughs> and this thing about me is that sometimes when I get an idea in my head, I like can't let it go. I have to do it. So I told you a few weeks ago about my dilemma in choosing paint colors, but I did choose some. And then I started painting, and I painted the bedroom, I painted the living room slash dining room, I painted the bathroom three different times because I did not like the first two colors. I then learned on YouTube how to replace the light fixture and the faucet in the bathroom. I was impressed by myself by that. And then I finished painting the guest room and I bragged that I got so good at painting that I painted it in three and a half hours. Apparently for me, a wedding and a full-time job here was just not enough. I needed to spend hours and hours on my days off in the time after work painting and doing more things that felt productive. And honestly, by the end of it, I felt pretty good about myself. I thought, wow, look at how much I had accomplished. 
but I also felt exhausted. I felt exhausted and utterly spent, and my body was starting to show it. I was hurting from all the work, and I was feeling really depleted. Now, for me, I feel like I'm really good at being productive, about getting things accomplished, and for me, that is a dangerous trait because we live in a society that loves that quality in people. And it also tends to reward those who are capable and who are productive. And our society even sets them on a higher level than others often. Now, I'm a little ashamed to say it, but I often fall into this trap of valuing myself and basing my own worth on how much I can do. Now, when you listened to the parable today, who here felt bad or maybe even indignant for the people who started work early and got paid the same as the people who came later? It's okay to be honest. I know all of you felt that way. I did too. I did too. That rhetorical question at the end, are you envious because I am generous? My gut reaction was yes. Yes, I am envious because you are generous. Because I see myself as the person who would have gotten there first, who would have worked hard all day, maybe done a little complaining, but worked myself up to believe that I deserved so much more at the end of the day than those who had worked less. I really believed this. And then this week I had a come to Jesus moment. I listened to this podcast on the text for today and they said, take note, read closely. The people who get chosen last, they're not described as lazy folks who just happen to show up later in the day. They haven't been dithering or just hanging out before work. They've been standing there. They've been waiting there all day to be chosen. It's really more like gym sports, you know, when two people are chosen as captains and they get to choose who's on their team. When that happens, the captains choose often the most capable people first, the strongest, the toughest, the tallest, the most agile or athletic. These vineyard workers who get chosen last they might not be the most capable workers. Now, one thing I've learned in my time here on this earth is that one day we might be feeling healthy and strong, capable and able-bodied, and the next day we might be feeling the effects of aging. We might be feeling injured or sick or struggling. Life exists in this flux. Not to mention what it is like for those who maybe have always dealt with illness or disability. Being capable is not a guarantee in life, and it's not really an existence that most of us live in for most of our lives. But the owner of this vineyard, notice what they do. They keep going back time and time again, cho choosing those who are maybe less capable less and less capable of working a full day 
to be invited in and to have a purpose. And then when it comes time, at the end of the day, the wages are doled out. Now with this in mind, may, and maybe too where you might find yourself in that ranking of ability, isn't it kind of interesting to think that those who aren't able to work as much receive the same as those who are more capable to work for longer? Because in that moment, Jesus casts a vision, a vision for what the kingdom of God is like. When God is the owner of the vineyard and we ourselves are the workers. Because remember, this gospel today is not just a story, it's also a parable. It's a story about regular life or what regular life might have been like at the time of Jesus. But it's also a story of God's vision for how regular life could depict God's kingdom come near. And almost every time in a parable, God flips what we assume to be right or just, the first being first, and flips it upside down to reveal how God's kingdom differs from our own assumptions and from our worldly kingdoms. But that's not the end, because the parables push us a little bit further. They challenge us, because the next step, the open-ended question that Jesus always kind of leaves us with is, how can we make our world look more like God's kingdom? While I was in the midst of my painting journey, one Friday, my doorbell rang. And it was the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes, I answered, I answered. And I showed up to the door in my paint-splattered clothes, and my hair looked pretty crazy. Um, and I opened the door to these two very lovely, well-dressed women in these long skirts. I immediately kind of knew who they were, but I gave them a few minutes and the benefit of the doubt, and I wanted to hear what they had to say. They opened with asking me how I felt about government. <laughs> Um, that, was, that felt like a very loaded question. <laughs> what they were getting at is they wanted to know if I put my faith in worldly government and whether I felt disillusioned by things that were happening with the government. And honestly, no matter what side of the aisle you fall on, it's very easy to be disillusioned by it all. But they wanted to know if I was ready to put my faith in God's kingdom. And that's when I told them, actually, I'm a Lutheran pastor. Um, they seemed a little bit surprised by that, but they were very polite, so they didn't say anything. Um, and eventually, they seemed pretty satisfied, and I assured them that I talked a lot about God and Jesus, and that I did believe in God's kingdom. But I was thinking about their question, again, as I read this parable. I told them that I believe in God's kingdom as the kingdom that comes first in my life. And what we learn in this parable is that in God's kingdom, in God's vision for the world, your productivity does not define how much you receive, nor is your worth based upon anything that you choose to measure. And I told them that I believed in that with a paintbrush in my hand trying to measure my worth in paint. 
And what I realized in my attempt to be overly productive is that I often put what the world prioritizes ahead of what God prioritizes. I put hard work and productivity ahead of grace, and I judge my own worthiness based off of that. And I think you might find yourselves in that position pretty often, too. But when it comes down to it, that isn't what fills my own soul. It's not really what gives me life, because after that painting journey, I was tired and I was depleted. Plus, if I and if we are committed to putting God's kingdom first, that means that we have to start putting what God wants for us first. And in that case, it is that reminder that our abilities, our efforts, our productivity, they don't define who we are in God's eyes. All are worthy no matter our abilities, and God will come back looking for us time and time again, choosing us, showing us that we all have this place in God's kingdom. In this text, we learn that God is deeply generous, period, no requirements necessary. God is generous, and the first will be last, and the last may be first, which may at first be hard to hear, but it actually says we will all be included, whether we are capable or less capable, whether we are first chosen or last chosen. Plus, in God's generosity, there is always this abundance. The first do not get less because more come to work. God is generous. And that should not make us envious. Instead, it should be an example to us of how to live our lives. God is generous so that we can be generous with ourselves and with one another. And when we put God's kingdom first, when we remember where our priorities lie and when we value ourselves and others for who we are, God's beloved children, and not what we can do, we enter into God's kingdom. God's kingdom comes near to us. And we find that life abundant becomes just a little bit easier to attain. Amen.